Episode 79, Cleaning Out the Stables. You're listening to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. Leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention. Now, here's worldwide best-selling author and speaker, Jason Jennings, and your host, Dale Dixon. Welcome to The Game Changers, the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. I'm your host, Dale Dixon. Jason Jennings, great to be with you. Uh, Dale, it's uh, great to be back with you, and I'm I'm looking forward to our uh, podcast today. Because I have, I've got to admit something, I have failed miserably. I really try to live, I call it the zero lifestyle, so when I go home at night, the desk is zero clutter, clear. Yes. The email inbox, zero. And I tell you what, I've got stacks on the desk, and the inbox is, is a mess. And so I'm really looking forward to today's episode, Cleaning Out the Stables. And I hear you've got a really funny story to share to uh, kick this off. Well, I do. So so first of all, let me tell you where the title comes from, Cleaning Out the Stables. I'm, I'm not sure if, uh, if you studied uh, in high school or university if you studied mythology at all, but I, I had two semesters of mythology, and uh, I remember reading Edith Hamilton's book uh, about the descent of Zeus from Mount Olympus and, uh, and read about Hercules. And of course, one of the labors of Hercules, Hercules has gotten temporarily insane. He'd done some horrible things, and the only way to gain repentance was to perform these 12 labors. And these 12 labors were absolutely horrible, impossible labors, which he eventually successfully completed. But one of them, right. uh, it was cleaning out the stables in one day, an impossible task. And so when I talk about cleaning out the stables, there's the metal imagery of Hercules cleaning out the stables and all that goes with it. So here's what happened. The other day, I went in for my annual physical. And my doctor is located in, a, in about a five-story medical building. But there's also a five-store parking garage underneath. And uh, I was running short on time, and I pride myself. I think you've heard me say before, uh, if you're early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. And if you're late, you're fired. And so I always pride myself on being on time. And I'm, I'm glancing down at my watch, and I'm thinking, I'm going to be late. I'm going to be late. I'm going to be a couple minutes late, and I don't like that. And so I'm, I pull into this parking garage, and it's, uh, I, I drive down one level. You know, it's dim and dark in a parking garage. There are some lights, but everybody knows what a parking garage looks like. And then I go down to the second level, the orange level, or the yellow level. And then I go down to the orange level, the third level. And I'm thinking, there's not going to be a place to park here. What am I going to do? And finally, I see this young, attractive woman stride out of the elevator toward an SUV. And she looks at me, and she raises her arm. Yes, that's my SUV. I'm leaving you've been saved, you're going to be on time, just hang tight. And so she walks over to her SUV, and, and there's, what, two and a half feet, I suppose, uh, between her vehicle and the vehicle next to her, and it's kind of dim in there because the lights are in the middle of the parking garage, not over on the sides. And so she gets over, and she uh, reaches in her purse for her keys, and she comes up empty-handed. So uh, she reaches in again and uh, comes up empty-handed, and she kind of holds the handbag in both hands and shakes it a little bit and peers inside and quizzical look like, where in the world are, are my keys? And she glances at me. I'm, I'm just patiently sitting there waiting. And uh, I smile, and she smiles at me, and she's in distress. She can't find her keys. So she's digging through this handbag. I mean, she's just sticking her arm in blindly. Her arm is disappearing, and she's grasping for her keys, and there's no keys. There's no keys. So finally, and this goes on for a, a length of time, I would say maybe a minute and a half or two minutes, which seems a lot longer. And so finally, she gets this bright idea. She's going to turn the light on on her iPhone 
and uh, shine it uh, like a flashlight into her purse and try to find these keys. And she's getting frustrated and frustrated and frustrated, and she can't find her keys. And she's got that iPhone flashlight in there, and she's looking for her keys, and she can't find them. This goes on for another couple of minutes. So now probably three and a half or four minutes has taken uh, has gone by. And finally, in utter frustration, she takes her handbag. With God as my witness, I couldn't make this up. She walks out of the space between her SUV and the car next to her. She walks out where there's some light. She takes her handbag turns it upside down, and dumps all the contents onto the garage floor. (laughs) I mean, and there's stuff. There's more stuff than I've ever seen coming out of this handbag. And finally, she sees the keys triumphantly. She reaches down, grabs them, holds them in the air like like she's holding a prize that she's won, and then proceeds to get down on her knees and starts gathering the stuff up with her hands and her forearms and shoveling everything back in the purse. And I'm sitting there, I'm smiling, but I can't believe what I'm seeing. And all of a sudden, and and this is going to be a bit of a value judgment, and uh, I'm sure some people who are listening are, are going to disagree, but my observation over all of these years is this. Show me a really messy purse or messy briefcase. Show me a really messy car. Show me a really messy house. And I'm going to show you a person who's got a really messy life in many other parts of their life. I mean, there's really no reason not to keep things neat and in order. It allows us to be a lot more productive and life becomes a lot easier. So that's the story of the lady in the purse. And I think it presents a big case for sometimes it's time to clean out the staples, Dale. Mm, absolutely. All right. So you've got a number of points and areas that we can focus in order to get things cleaned up in our lives. Let's, yeah, let's well, go I'll, down your list. So, so I sat down I, and I made a list. I, I mean, of six things. And there's probably many more. But these were the six things at the top of my mind. Number one, I, I really believe that clearing the clutter clears your mind. Clutter, whether it's in your cubicle or your office or your purse or wherever it is, can have a real negative effect or impact on your ability to focus and process information. So physically clearing clutter from your life, can ha- I think it can help you feel clearer mentally as well. That, that, that would be my first point. My second point is this. You know, clearing out anything encourages physical activity. I mean, the act of getting rid of stuff actually requires some solid physical exercise, you know, hauling the bags of junk out of your house or out of your cubicle and running up and down the stairs with a vacuum cleaner. Uh, so this one, I guess that can release endorphins, I hope, in your brain that can actually help you improve your health and happiness. And uh, additionally, cleaning out junk allows more space, uh, which, which just means more space, more grace, more ease. Just get rid of the junk and the garbage. Uh, number three, uh, I would suggest it, it, it'll decrease your stress. Uh, cleaning out the items in your cubicle, in your home, in your office uh, requires physical activity. And can I, I think what it can do is help you appreciate what you do end up with keeping even more. And I think that this really can contribute to significant stress release. I, I, I have a rule for myself. Uh, not everybody in my house follows the same rule. But my rule is once every three months, uh, when we come home from church on a Sunday after I've read the New York Times, I go to my closet, I open up my closet doors, this is four times a year, and I go through every item of clothing. And the rule is very simple. 
Uh, if I have, with the exception of a tuxedo, which you only wear once a year or twice a year, with the exception of that, I go through my closet, and if I've not worn something in, in the past three months, it's gone. It's gone. Somebody can use it a heck of a lot better than me. And so I just pack up a box and goes off to Goodwill or goes off to the clothing shelter. I mean, wherever it might happen to be. And so every day, I, and I'm not a model in many aspects of my life, but I will tell you, Dale, every morning, one of the one of the things of joy in my life is opening opening up my closet and looking at it, and it looks like a Giorgio Armani store. I mean, it is just perfectly organized. Everything is exactly where it should be. There's not too much of anything. Stuff is not stuffed in there. And uh, it lets me smile. Every morning, I, I actually think opening up my closet doors, uh, I mean, allows me to decrease my stress. So that would be point number three. And it also keeps you focused on being able to make important decisions where important decisions need to be made. So you're not standing in front of your closet in the morning filling your brain full of information that's not necessarily relevant to what needs to get done that day because you've got to decide what you're going to wear. Uh, exactly. And, and everybody's always amazed that if I'm going away on a week or two week long uh, speaking tour or research trip or something, I can pack in, in like five minutes. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm good to go within five minutes because I don't have to stand in front of there and say, well, what about this or where's that or where's this or where's that or what am I going to be wearing? I mean, it's all very simple. I mean, you know, here are the show clothes lined up. Here are the jeans lined up. Here are the sweaters lined up. Here are the stacks of shirts lined up. Here are the hanging shirts lined up. Boom. I mean, and I'm, I'm packed. I'm set to go in, in five minutes. So, I mean, it's certainly in my case at least decreases stress. Number four. I think overall, and I don't think this is a stretch, I think it increases your overall productivity. When you get all the, the junk, the unnecessary items out of your home and life, you spend less time looking for what you need, and your cleaning time actually decreases as well. That means you're cutting down on the time you spend every day doing things that you don't necessarily love, like searching for your favorite something. And so I, I, I think when you minimize stuff, it actually increases your productivity all around. And then the next one is this, and I really believe this. It motivates you to organize the other aspects of your life. I mean, when you decide that it's time to organize your briefcase and clean out that stable or organize your purse and clean out that stable and do your closet next, you're going to want to do your cubicle or your office next. So getting rid of what you don't need helps you declutter your office or home. But, but that mentality does carry over into other aspects of your life. So uh, I think it will actually inspire you to declutter your inbox, your car, or your desk at work, or whatever else it might be. And then finally, getting rid of stuff, cleaning out the stables like Hercules did, I think it's actually, um, and I'm not a psychotherapist, but I suspect it's uh, deeply therapeutic. Because while the initial act of throwing something away that you've been holding onto for years can be a bit daunting, it can actually be really rewarding to turn your home or your office into a place where you really want to be rather than one you want to escape due to too much clutter. And so those are my six thoughts on the labors of Hercules and cleaning out the clutter, letting go of the baggage. So um, we didn't talk about this before the episode, but uh, you interview a lot of leaders Yes. Every year in preparation for books and in preparation for the speeches. Yes. And as you, you're in their offices. Yes. What do you see in relation uh, to this? Dale, thank you for asking this question. You know, I always like to, uh, I, I, I don't want to engage in drama, but I, I mean, I always like to quantify and attach numbers to things. And so over the 16 years, uh, the last 16 years, writing eight books, 
We screened those 220,000 companies, conducted 12,000 interviews. I can't begin to tell you how many highly accomplished, outstanding CEOs' offices I've been in. And what I'll suggest to you is this. Never once, not once, have I ever seen a mess. Never once have I seen a desk filled like the contents of Fibber McGee's closet. Never once have I seen cluttered credenzas with stacks of paper all over them and sofas filled with garbage. I've never seen it. I've never seen it. It's like walking into something neat, clean, absolutely pristine. And I think it really makes a statement about the person. I mean, so much so that uh, I would admit uh, that uh, I would sometimes have some clutter on my desktop. But by following their lead and following the example of these people, I mean, every night or every afternoon when I shut down the office, there's not one thing on my desk except, as I look at it now, two pictures and a small globe. There are no papers. There's no stacks of stuff I'm going to get to. And I sometimes wonder, it reminds me of the time, and I'm not going to use the person's name, but he's a well-known business author. I consider him a friend, and uh, a couple of years ago, I was flying on an early morning flight uh, from San Francisco to Orlando, and uh, I saw him in the boarding area, and we chatted for a couple of minutes, and then we both got upgraded, and we were sitting next to each other in first class, and uh, flying is generally my time. Uh, I generally don't work on airplanes, but he was planning, obviously, on working during the flight, and he had his laptop open, and he had his email inbox there, and I finally looked at him, and I said, Guy, how many emails do you have in your inbox? He said, I don't know. He said, let me look down. He said, there's about 1,400. And I said, you got those, every, you, you got 1,400 emails today? He said, nah, some of them have been in there for weeks and weeks and weeks and months and months and months, and I just haven't gotten them. And I said, well, why would you want to have like 1,400 emails? I mean, to me, that would be such a heavy burden. I mean, it would, it would sit heavy on my chest. I can't even imagine. He said, I don't know. Makes me feel rich. Makes me feel like I've got something to do. Well, I've got to tell you, if I had 1,400 emails in my inbox, it wouldn't make me feel rich. But I sometimes wonder, I mean, when people have junky offices and junky cubicles and it's filled with stuff and there's stacks of papers and there's stacks of magazines and there's stacks of folders, I don't know, does it somehow make them feel important? I mean, does it somehow justify their existence? I mean, look how busy I am. Look at all my stuff. Geez, I must really be contributing to this organization. I don't think so. All right, Keep it so clean, clean out the stables. Absolutely. I'm going to go through your list one more time just for those folks who are keeping notes. Clearing clutter clears your mind. It encourages physical activity, decreases stress, increases productivity, motivates you to organize other aspects of your life. Love that one. And uh, it's therapeutic. It's definitely therapeutic. I can speak to that personally. So, Jason, great information. Thank you so much. I want to encourage our listeners, if this was helpful to you, definitely go into iTunes. Please leave a rating. Just write a sentence or two. We would, uh, we'll definitely read those on future episodes. And leave a rating. That means just uh, you have a choice of up to five stars. Hopefully we've earned those five stars from you today. And we uh, would definitely appreciate hearing from you through through iTunes. And Jason, you answer every email. You've got the zero inbox. And, and you uh, want to I give do. folks your email address? Uh, yes, it's uh, jason at jason-jennings.com. And the other thing I'd suggest to you, I mean, if you know somebody with a stuffed purse or a stuffed briefcase or a messy cubicle or a messy office or a messy car, I mean, you know, it's real easy to forward this podcast to them. Definitely. 
share it and share it often. So, Jason, thank you so much. Uh, see have you a next great week. week. We will see you next week. You've been listening to The Game Changers, leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention with business thought leader, best-selling author, and keynote speaker, Jason Jennings. Read Jason's most recent New York Times bestseller, The Reinventors, and visit his website at jason-jennings.com.